Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we have Pastor Aaron Dowds. He's going to share an amazing message. Enjoy. If you use the Bible, uh, Version Bible app, you just click on Menu, Events, and your tracking device will detect the notes. So the notes are on there today. Clara, if you could just pop up my slides. Timer's on. I'm going to try to keep this short. Rock Solid Hope Part 6. Today, we're going to... Uh, there we go. Rock Solid Hope Part 6. We're going to... Uh, look at these. Our, our, our passage today is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 4 to 8. In the message it reads, Earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes and the eyes of people. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen to God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. The next verse is incredible. Looking at the integration of the human being between body, mind, soul, and spirit. What are the results? Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. If you prefer a more traditional translation, the ESV and these... uh, Um, will ring true and familiar with a lot of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. There is a song and I'm not going to sing. Uh, In all your ways, acknowledge him and he he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Okay, verse 6 in the different translations puts it this way. Here's a promise. Here's what God says will happen. He says in verse 6, He will make your path straight. The New Living says, He will show you which path to take. The Amplified, He will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. The Good News, He will show you the right way. The Message, He will keep you on track. And if you prefer the old-fashioned King James, he shall direct thy paths. Thy paths. And they all say the same thing, but they give a different insight uh, and and different understanding of the original Hebrew in which it was written, okay? Now, how does God direct your path? How does he do it? Multiple ways. God can use any ways, right? The well-known ways are the Bible. Of course, we should study the Bible and God can direct our paths. He can lead us and guide us through the Bible, through a Bible passage, through a teaching on the Bible, through a preach, uh, someone speaking or explaining. So the Bible is a key source of direction and we should turn there first. Also, wise advice of teachers, wise advice of friends. And that's why it's good to talk about important decisions in your life. Talk about problems. Talk about your struggles. Uh, Don't hide them. Don't cover them up. But we should, uh, as we expose them and uncover them, then we can get wise advice. I would say today that people don't seek advice. They don't ask advice. And that can be an issue of pride because it's like, I don't want to be uh, people to think that I can't manage this on my own. Humility is the way of God's kingdom. Jesus modeled humility. How often have you asked for advice in the past month? Have you asked anybody for advice? Do you ask for advice? 
Let me encourage you, find someone that's wise, someone you respect that has got a good fruit in their life. And I would suggest somebody that's a little bit older so they've been tried and tested, um, you know, uh, and, and they've got the fruit, like John and Joyce Ord, for example, <laughs> uh, and get wise advice. Circumstances. God can direct us through circumstances, especially when you pray. God can direct your circumstances. I'm not going to go into it in great detail, but in the book of Esther, we see that the king had a sleepless night. That was a circumstance, and that was God directing the events that were about to take place. And then this, and this, when he was having insomnia, he asked for the history books to be read to him. And in the history books, it was read to him about Mordecai, who saved his life. And then that changed the whole course of events for Esther and Mordecai and the Jews. So it was circumstances, God working through natural, but it started with supernatural prayer. So circumstances, God's in control of all circumstances. Was the king's sleepless night in the book of Esther, Nebuchadnezzar, a random chance, or was it the hand of God? Was the fact that the history books read about Mordecai and Mordecai and the Jews have been praying for breakthrough? <laughs> it's phenomenal. God works through circumstances. He works through inner peace and inner guidance by the Holy Spirit. Um, if you are troubled inwardly about a decision you're about to make, there's always an anxiety and nerves about a decision, but if you just cannot get a peace about something, that's maybe a good sign that it's not the right decision. Wait till you get a peace and be guided by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes God guides you through obstacles. He sometimes puts an obstacle in your path. Now, some obstacles you've got to overcome. Some obstacles the enemy puts in your way. But some obstacles are from God. God wants to stop you going down a path that you're going down. And so God can guide you through obstacles. Uh, even the Apostle Paul tried on many occasions to go this way, that way, or the next way, and he, and he found that he couldn't. So God gave him a dream and says, actually, I want you going in this direction. So sometimes when you're facing an obstacle, God in his grace will give you an obstacle to wake you up. So when you hit an obstacle, say, God, is this obstacle from you? Uh, and what are you trying to say to me through it? You know what? God gives you free choice to steam ahead through that obstacle. And I've done that many times. I've, I've hit an obstacle, but I've been so stubborn and single-minded that I've just steamrolled it. I kind of know, actually, God's not wanting me to go down this route, but I'm so set in my mind, I'm going down this route anyway, and then another obstacle. God in His grace gives us obstacles, but sometimes we're just too proud to uh, acknowledge them and, uh, and, and learn from them. Delay. Sometimes God will delay your circumstances. God's timing is always perfect. We want things quick, easy, now. Sometimes God will delay. Joseph had to experience much delay. It was in the hands of God. Even Jesus, 30 years delay. Sometimes God will direct us through our enemies. Wow, what? what? Two great examples were Joseph... It was because of his enemies, Joseph ended up, his brothers, selling him that he ended up exactly where God wanted him. It's because Jesus' enemies and betrayal by Judas that he ended up on the cross. 
And what that means is I don't need to fear enemies, I don't need to fear opposition. If I'm humble, God can still work all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Even enemies, even opposition, even betrayal, that's called the providence of God. That means he's in control even of the sinful will, uh, wrong choices of those who did not acknowledge him or follow him, such as Judas, such as uh, the, the Romans, which all shouted, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, such as Joseph, whose brothers were being mean and cruel to him. But God said, that's all right. I've not lost control. I'm still in control. I still work all things to your good, Joseph. I sent you ahead. Wait a minute. I sent you ahead? I thought your brother sent you ahead. Yeah, the brother sold you, but God was still in it. <laughs> And that's like two rivers, man's will, God's will, but God's will prevails even through the wrong choices of others. So God can direct us in multiple ways, okay? It says he will direct my path. But here's the thing, God doesn't always choose the easiest or the quickest path. We want the easiest path, the quickest path, but God chooses the best path. God's more concerned about your transformation than your ease and comfort. We're more concerned about our ease, our comfort, and the speed of which we get to our destination. God's more concerned of who we're becoming on the journey, who we're becoming on the path, our transformation. And so God will get us on the best path, but it doesn't necessarily the easiest path, the quickest path. And your relationships are an example of that. Um, Carol Dweck in her book, The Mindset, she says this, a no-effort relationship is a doomed relationship, not a great relationship. Some people in relationships, whether it's with a husband, a wife, a mom or a dad, a brother or a sister, um, encounter that it's not the easiest, smoothest, quickest path. Sometimes we don't necessarily see eye to eye. Sometimes there's confrontation. Sometimes there's disagreement. And so that chooses some people to think, well, maybe I've not married God's best person for me. Because if it was God's person for me, it would be easy, it would be simple, it would be comfortable. Wrong. Wrong. Because if you got that person that you wanted where it was easy and simple, they always agreed with you, never disagreed with you, you always saw eye to eye, do you realize how arrogant and proud you would be? <laughs> You realize how that would go quickly go to your head? Because she says, a no-effort relationship is a doomed relationship, not a great relationship. It takes work to communicate accurately, and it takes work to expose and resolve conflicting hopes and beliefs. Now, if you're in a church, family, you say, well, if it was a perfect church, it'd be easy, it would be quick, there would never be confrontation or difficulties or challenge. It's not like that. God wants us to work to communicate accurately. We have to work. It takes effort to resolve conflict. Conflict resolution is what God is trying to develop in you. How do you deal with conflict? Are you good at conflict resolution? Do you run? Do you hide? Or do you, are you able to try and bring resolution to the situation? Are you able to go to the person and calmly and gently and lovingly and kindly say, hey, I'm hurt, I'm hurt because this is what I thought, this is what I heard said, this is, you know what? Uh, 
a no-effort relationship that includes in the church. A no-effort relationship in the church is a doomed really. If you think it's going to be all plain sailing and easy just because we're a bunch of Christians and there's never going to be conflict or disagreement, we're all pie in the sky, aren't we? This is life. This is human life. This is human beings. We, never, we don't always see eye to eye. It takes work, Carol Dweck says, quoting a marriage expert, to communicate accurately and it takes work to expose and resolve conflicting hopes and beliefs. It doesn't mean there is no, they lived happily ever after, but it's more like they worked happily ever after. I like that. They worked happily. There's this romantic idealism that the perfect marriage, they lived happily ever after. No, it's more like they worked heavily, uh, happily ever after. They worked to uh, tr- communicate. They worked to resolve. They worked to try and deal with the issues that were at hand. The results were told in Proverbs 3 verse 8, your body will glow with health and your bones will vibrate with life. And I think Proverbs is showing, as science is showing, as studies are showing, the integration between the health of your mind, your spirit, your relationships, and your body, that there is consequences in the physical body of how we live our life. You can't separate them. And God has shown that if we follow his way, that affects your physical bodies. We know that. Because if you carry worries, carry stress, your blood pressure goes up, your chances of heart uh, attack go up, blah, the blah, the blah, goes on and on and on. So uh, scientists are discovering what the Bible has showed us all along. Key points, rattle through these, okay? Number one, trust. So from Proverbs 3, here's a few quick key points. And could really do a week on all of these, so I'm just rattling through them, okay? Number one, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Kind of went into this a wee bit more last week, okay? So I'm not going to go uh, into this in great detail. But a Christian needs to be one of trust. Faith is trust. Faith is trust. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We need to, to trust God. He says, don't try to figure out everything on your own. You have to resign yourself to the fact that my knowledge compared to God's is a drop in the ocean. If you think of the vast ocean, that's God's knowledge. They think the total quantity of your knowledge is a drop. So you're never going to understand the vast ocean of God. So sometimes you have to resign yourself to the fact, I can't figure out my suffering, can't figure out why I'm going through this, but I trust, I trust, I trust. That's why it's childlike faith, the the qualities that that really um, are important to God. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge. What does it mean to acknowledge Him? The different translations say submit to Him or acknowledge and recognize Him. Think about him. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. Seek his will in all you do. It's from, acknowledge is from the Hebrew word yada, which means to know and to recognize. Mentioned last week, it's not intellectual knowledge, but relational, personal, intimate relational knowledge. In all your ways, acknowledge him, know him, recognize him. In all your ways, recognize his presence, his power, and his promises. In all, 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 that includes your your problems, your difficulties, your disappointments, your work, your finances, all, all, all your ways, recognize his presence, his power, and his promises. And again, we could go into great detail on each of those three Ps. 
in all your ways, all your ways, that includes your secret thoughts. And here's a little quote that I like. You may have to read this through two, three, four, five times. I did before it starts to sink in, but I'm just going to rattle through it. It's a guy called Dean Church. Uh, how should we acknowledge him better than by showing how constantly what he loves and desires comes into our thoughts? and keeps us from saying and thinking what, if we sought only our own will, we should think and say. A bit of a mouthful, but you, you need to read that over four or five times, and then when, when you get it, when it sinks in, right, how constantly what he loves and desires comes into our thoughts. So how, in all your ways, in your secret thoughts, when you're having thoughts, are you acknowledging him? Are you recognizing his presence, his power, and his promises in your thoughts? Are your thoughts in agreement with what he loves and desires? Because here's the big thing. How do you change your thoughts? How do you switch your thought from negative thinking to feeling bad about myself? Um, I am, am I acknowledging him when I'm having negative thoughts, when I'm, when, I'm, uh, when I'm having thoughts of revenge, when I'm having thoughts of hatred? This is so important and it's so key. Cognitive behavioral therapy is all about how do you control your thoughts, because your thoughts affect your emotions, affect your behavior, so we need to backtrack back up to the thoughts. But here we have um, your thoughts. How do we acknowledge God, what he loves and what he desires? What do you love and desire with this thought? What does your word say about it? I can't go into great detail because time's almost up and I've got a wee video. Okay. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That includes your words, your reactions, and one is your disappointments. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, recognize his presence, his power, and his promises. In your thoughts, in your words, in your reactions, in your disappointments. Here's the big one. Here's the big one. Do you acknowledge God in all, in all your ways? Do I acknowledge God in all my ways? How do I respond to disappointment? That's a good answer to am I acknowledging him even in my disappointment? Because I bet Joseph was disappointed when he was sold. And he was in that pit and he was separated from his father. This guy says, the way you respond to disappointment is a measure of how you acknowledge him in all your ways. Do you acknowledge, recognize, know that he is still in control? To get God's guidance, we must seek it. This is what it means. Take notice of him, consult him, obey his directions, and treat him as you would a guide. Sorry that I'm rushing. I'm going to skip past that. And um, this guy, TP Forsyth, says, Christ was steered by the compass of the Spirit. I like that. Steered. What is steering us? Is there a compass, a moral compass, how, how we make decisions? How did Jesus make decisions? Did he need some big loud voice? Did he need, he only did what he saw the Father doing. He only said what he heard the Father saying. He was guided by the Spirit. Pray and listen. We need to, from Proverbs 3, pray and listen. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Again, it's back to relationship. It's back to presence. My sheep hear his voice. Humility. Again, I need a whole week to talk about humility, but that passage talks about don't assume that you know at all. And that's why I asked, how many times have you asked for advice? Humility is asking for advice. Asking How many questions do you ask in a conversation? <laughs> the fewer it is, then the more we are wise in our own eyes. Don't assume that you know all. And run to God and run from evil. And it's only then that this comes. 
your body will glow with health and your bones will vibrate with life, okay? So there's some work to be done. It's not just like, hey, live however you want. Let your mind just go wherever it wants to go. Hey, God's gracious and loving. Just do, just be free and live how you want and your body's going to glow with health. No, there's some prerequisites. There's some work to be done. Okay, video, three-minute story about a guy called Nick Wojcic. He was born with no arms and legs. We're going to finish on this. Sorry, I've been rushing. Children are in today. The notes are on the Bible app. I can email you a copy if you don't use the Bible app. Here we go. Let's watch this video. Hi, my name is Nick Vujicic and I'm from the Ministry of Life Without Limbs. I hope you're having a great, great day and that your peace, love and joy is unending because God's love for you is exactly unending. Uh, there are times where, you know, God doesn't make sense and being brought up in a Christian home and hearing about the love of God, I didn't understand why my parents would say that God loves me just like everybody else, all the children of the world, when all the other children I saw in my world had arms and legs and I was like, well, what happened? Well, why did I get less? And I prayed for a miracle and I believed that God can do miracles. I believed as a child, seen miracles, still believe in miracles. I have a pair of shoes in my closet just in case he says yes to me. Uh, and that's the faith that I have. But the goodness and greatness of my God and, and salvation, that's the joy that will never ever be hindered. And, and my joy is, is not dependent on my circumstance. And so through my book, Life Without Limits, in the first chapter, if you can't get a miracle, become one, came from the principle that I learned uh, as a child of when you don't have a friend, be a friend. Um, I used to think, well, God, why can't you just separate the clouds of, of, of this storm away? Why can't you just take me out of this, uh, you know, place that I'm in, change my circumstance, change my circumstance? But I realized in my life that if God doesn't change the circumstance, He'll use the circumstance. You know, no one knew what kind of life I'll be able to live, and I never thought that I'd be able to do a double degree in accounting and financial planning. I never thought that God would be able to use me without arms and legs to be His hands and feet. I don't understand God. You know, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, when my mom and dad said that God had a hope plan in the future, a plan to prosper me and, and not to harm me, I don't understand that. Maybe that might be offensive to you right now if I say God is perfect and He never makes a mistake if... Maybe you just lost a loved one. Or you're in a circumstance that, that does look harmful. You're in a circumstance that doesn't look like you're, you're in a position of prosperity. I want to tell you that I love you so much and, and God has a plan for you. I believe it's worse being in a broken home than having no arms and no legs. You can have arms and legs but be broken on the, on the inside. Don't be disabled by fear. About this miracle, when you're praying for, for, for a circumstance to change, if you don't get a miracle, become one. And that to me came to just a beautiful revelation of, yeah, my parents said, Nick, God has a plan. I didn't know that God would let me meet a little boy with no arms and no legs. I didn't know that, that you know, when, when God doesn't, doesn't make sense that he still has a perfect plan. I met a little boy with no arms and no legs. His name is Daniel Martinez. And I met him in California. And his mother hugged me. And then the first time we met and we locked eyes, I realized, wow, now I can be an older brother to little Daniel. Now God can use me to let him know that the miracle of trusting in God can be realized in his life. That's the beautiful thing about God. 
is knowing that what he says, he means. And what he means, he says. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God didn't change my circumstance, but use my circumstance to bring one more soul to the wonderful hope in Jesus Christ, I'll do it all over again. I want to tell you I love you. And God's got enough grace for you that when your circumstance doesn't look good, know that God is good and He will carry you through. I love you so much. God bless you. I love every one of Nick's videos, an incredible uh, example of this trust that I'm talking about. He says, how, how could God love me if every other child has arms and legs and I don't? And, um, you know, or how can God love me if every other child has this ability or is good at this or uh, I have this struggle? He goes on to say, if you can't get a miracle, there's that little boy that he's talking about, if you can't get a miracle, be a miracle. I love that. Maybe you haven't had your miracle. Maybe you didn't receive your miracle. Maybe you're not getting the miracle. But he goes on to say, if God doesn't change the circumstance, he didn't change his circumstance. He didn't give him arms and legs. That wasn't the miracle that God has chosen to do. I think he could do more without him having arms and legs, such as this. Last video, and then the so band could come back in up. in Honolulu, and we are in the Women's Correctional, uh, correctional Facility. And before the big event, the main event, uh, Nick was able to go into a, an area that was segregated, uh, pretty much locked down, and God moved in this place. Uh, we know for a fact that that hallway will never be the same. There will still be ups and downs, but it will never be the same. And it was um, a, a surreal environment as it echoed through. Thank you everyone for your time. Can you put my My name is Nick and I want to just tell you all first of all that I'm going to be walking down the hall just to make sure that I get to see your face. Uh, I have no arms and legs and uh, I just want you all to know that you are loved and that you're not forgotten. And that I want you to know that God has a plan for us and many times we feel like we've got broken pieces. When I was a little kid, I asked my mom and dad, why was I born this way? And the truth is, my parents said, oh, I was born this way. Lady Gaga don't know why I was born this way. And we think, well, you know, if you're a good person, then, you know, bad things don't happen. And I want you to know that no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, that we understand that bad things happen to everyone. And sometimes when you're hurting, you definitely feel alone, you feel depressed. when you give your broken pieces to him. And I never thought that I'd get married. I never thought that I'd ever get a job. And I want you to know it's very difficult to believe that there is something more for you right now. Sometimes we're disabled more by fear than anything else. The fear of being alone, the fear that you're never gonna be someone you want to be. The fear that maybe God doesn't even love you anymore. And I want you to know that when I was 10 years old, I thought even if I got married, I can't even hold my wife's hand. 
I thought even if I got married and had kids, how am I going to hold my kids when they're crying? And today I want you to know that my wife is actually here and I can't hold her hands, but you don't need hands to hold someone's heart. Every video he does, I absolutely love. That's a 13-minute video. Can you imagine being locked up in that Honolulu lockdown prison for whatever reason, probably deserving of your sentence because of what you've done and thinking there's no hope? And someone with no arms and legs takes the time to come and to bring a message of, of hope to you. Isn't that incredible love? Let's, let's just close our eyes and pray. We're going to finish with this last song. Please just close your eyes, everybody. Just stay in your seats. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you take broken people and broken circumstances and broken situations. And though you may not bring the miracle in a way that we think or want or even desire or think is best, if we don't receive the miracle, we can be a miracle through our brokenness, through our pain. If our circumstances don't change, you can use our circumstances of our brokenness, of our pain, and of our weakness. And sometimes we're more use in your hands because you said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And by your grace, I can do all things. I can do all things through your strength. So today, if you need him, I just want to invite you to repeat this prayer after me. If you want him in your life, I'll just say it and you just repeat it to yourself quietly. Lord Jesus, I need you. I come to you right now. Thank you, you died on the cross, took the punishment so that I could be forgiven, so that I could come home to Father, and so that I could receive a brand new heart and a brand new start. I ask you to forgive me today for all my wrongdoing. I ask you to heal me of all my brokenness and all my pain, all my trauma. Heal my mind right now. Heal my heart. Heal my emotions. Touch me, I pray. And would you fill me with hope, with love, with peace. In Jesus' name. With every eye closed, if anyone said that today for the first time and wants to become a Christian and follow Jesus, that's what you do. You, you put your faith in him and then follow him. And it's a journey you begin on. If anyone said that prayer for the first time today, with every eye closed, can you just put your hand up nice and high for me? Anybody say that prayer? Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Okay, wonderful. Anybody else? Okay, well, thank you so much to that man. God loves you. We pray, Father, you would bless this man. Touch him. Come into his life. May he know your touch, your love, your peace, your presence, your plans that you have for his life. May you fill him with your love and Holy Spirit right now.